Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, Use the hashtag WFI projects on Instagram and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year, that's like a burrito. I love burritos. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House here over at the Work For It podcast. I'm joined, as always, with Mr. Ben Butler. What's up? And Brian, Dr. Brian Cohn. Still Dr. Brian, huh? Still sticking with the Dr. Brian. <laughs> Christmas yes. is over, man. Everybody forgets about Santa after ah, Christmas. Shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got we to gotta switch you over. You need to start making some money in the medical field. And we have a special guest. Brian, do you want to introduce our special guest? We have the one and only Neil from Maximus Knives. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Coming Neil, to Neil, how the hell are you, buddy? Well, 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 yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, <laughs> just had some uh, Taco Bell healthy breakfast and drinking mm. a Monster coffee. So, you know. All right. Goodness. The breakfast the champions. The you got a chalupa and uh, a gallon of coffee. <laughs> right. And the runs. A liter of cola, as they say. Yeah. You know, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on my weight gain diet, I guess. And Neil is has been probably one of the most dedicated guests we've had because he's in his truck in the Walmart parking lot scamming internet just so he can talk to us today. <laughs> I, I'm curious. I'm curious as to why you have to be in the Walmart parking lot. I'd I'd like to hear this story. Is it because you have unreliable internet wherever you are at like at your workshop or whatever? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like at where I live, I live out um, what people know as BFE. <laughs> yeah. Um So I've been uh, there before. I'm there right, right? now. <laughs> right. I grew up but, there. <laughs> But our, our internet, like they are just now in 2022 starting to put fiber optic into ground. And I only Jeez. live four miles away from the main highway. And I'm on yeah. a farm to market, like highway road, kind of. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So our internet sucks at best. So I don't even have internet at my place. I just do everything off of my phone. Yeah. But since I work for the state, um, I have a work phone that has Wi-Fi and it's on a emergency bandwidth 5G line so I can Oh so you're, this you're is using the, one. the emer- you're using the emergency line for the work for it podcast are the, you going to get fired no, for this the, the bandwidth and my IT so guys is, is okay. my IT guys is they don't they don't trace it or anything or okay. keep up with it so we're good it's this unlimited This is the 5G that uh, that doesn't it's, affect it's government airplane anyway, landing so. <laughs> Yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> it's government money anyway. They don't know where it's going. They exactly. really don't know where anything's going. Well, that's cool, man. So, uh, so tell me wh- where you are, like approximately where 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 in the world do you live? Uh, east, we just call it East Texas. You know, Texas is big enough that we we cordon off certain areas. Mm-hmm. So, we have uh, Northeast where I'm at, deep east and southeast, and then Central, South, North where Ben Snur is, and then West. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm in I'm in deep the deep east piney woods uh, is what they call it of East Texas okay. in Lufkin, Texas. So I'm I'm out here about an hour about an hour west of Louisiana. Okay, okay. all right, that's a good that's a good uh, indicator for us. Yeah, I, Texas is enormous, oh, and so yeah. whenever I talk to somebody and they're from Texas, it could mean a hundred different cultures you know there's just so many ranges of cultures because the size of that territory is so huge yes yeah unlike florida where it's huge here and then the further south you go is like the further north you are if you've ever heard that so like you you get into south south florida where i live everyone is from new york new jersey chicago you know and then the minute you get away from the coasts and you drive into the center of the state that's where all the real people live, like just normal, sure. hardworking folk. And so you've got, and it's kind of like Georgia, like all the way up. And then when you hit the panhandle, the banjo started playing right there, <laughs> right in the panhandle. You start hearing all that. And I'm kidding. If you're from the panhandle, calm down. All right. So anyway, it's, it's, but, it's uh, funny. <laughs> it's funny to even say, to say normal folk in Florida in the same sentence after all the Florida <laughs> man. Yeah, stuff. have you met Justin Miller from Florida Man Forge? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, he's classic, classic, normal Florida folk. Right there. <laughs> oh, Florida's its own unique animal, I think. You know, I mean, I think every state to an extent has uniqueness about it, but there's something about those like tourist states that just brings a whole new breed. It's unlike any other place in the world. You, it's really an interesting spot. Mm-hmm. So Texas is the same way. The little few yes. times that I've been in Texas, it's like I meet people from there, and and it's it. They're just you never really know what you're going to get, which I love. I think it's yeah. a fantastic place. So cool. Well, you Neil, welcome a- to the show, man. Thank I you. appreciate you coming on and figuring the technical side of this out because um, it can. A lot of people think, oh, podcasting is easy. You just turn and flip on a switch. <laughs> and uh, throw on some headphones and all of that. And, man, I'll tell you, the technical uh, aspects of doing this work is once you kind of get a system going, you you kind of stick with it. So, um, it, yeah. but it, I'll tell you, man, it can be challenging for sure. Absolutely. It it's It's funny because we did a test run and I used, like, the crappiest headphones ever with yeah. the built-in mic. And it was like, okay, this might work. I have better yep. equipment to use. And I try to use the better equipment. It's like, nope. <laughs> yep, and that seems to be the way like once you change one little thing it just all goes to hell sometimes even if it's better stuff it just it's weird yeah. and the podcasts are so strange because once you do get it set up it's it's not a a whole heap of you know problems but it's like drinking from a fire hose starting i remember just trying to figure <laughs> out how you host them and where you post them and how you edit them and yeah but at the end of the day, it's all about audio. Nobody can see our ugly faces, so yes. <laughs> at least we only yeah, have one thing to worry like, about. It sounds like when we switch over to Welder, we might be able to do live streams again, but 
Yeah, we'll ever, see. If we I... ever decide to do that, I'm going to have to, like, you know, actually get ready in the morning before I jump on here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll you see. Comb I comb your gotta... beard and do all that <laughs> stuff, right? It's yeah. gnarly as a mother right now. It's crazy. Get beard right now. combed out and get a little beard wax in there. Take yeah. the crumbs hey, out of there hey, Brian, from the night Brian, before. Brian, I hear you make a uh, beard wax or a. Uh... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, what's the little thing with a pomade? Yeah. I will tell you, man, that was like our biggest seller. So if, if most people don't know, or maybe they heard it on the podcast, but my first business was actually a soap company. So I started a soap company in 2001 and then, um, and I actually sold that to move to Florida. So that's how I got here. But, um, our biggest, biggest by far uh, product that we ever sold was this tin of pomade. And, um, it's, it's simple mixture of uh, different kinds of oils, like fatty oils, like coconut and olive and beeswax. And then uh, just a little bit of scent, like something just to kind of take the waxy smell out of it. I sold thousands of tins of that stuff. And and you could put it in your hair, you can put it on your knives, you can do all that. I know people, by the way, hundreds of people have asked me to make it. Like, I'm not kidding you. I've gotten so many messages about this because it's not only like something that you could put in your hair, but you could put it on. It's food safe. Right. So you can put it on anything. Yeah. Basically axe wax. Yeah. Here's here's our ploy here. So (laughs) our first thing, our first thing, the work for it podcast is going to sell is going to be the work for it pomade with grinder dust in it. So you can always smell (laughs) like you just got out of the shop. You could get the epoxy, epoxy flakes in it, the metal flakes in it, (laughs) you know, wood flakes, stabilized Just whatever's off the grinder. Just throw it in there. (laughs) Do you like a cedar, cedar scented? Yeah. I see a ton of people that that make their own sort of axe wax, you know, in the, in the woodworking world. And it's pretty easy. You know, you just get some, like you were saying, Brian, just get some waxes and blend them all together, melt them down, put them in some tins and away you go. There's, there's not too much secret to the sauce. You know, there's no 11 herbs. It's the ratio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the ratio is super important because Mm -hmm. when you make this stuff, my rule of thumb and how I, I figured it out was if you take a dollop of this stuff, because it's hard in the container, the minute you put your finger into it, it should liquefy. So right, right. At around 98 degrees is its melting point. And mm. the reason why that's important is because you want to be able to obviously smear it on your hands and then put it on whatever. But sure. the minute you put it on whatever, it should re-harden, right? So it should, yeah. it should create a seal. And not a lot I, of them do that. Not a lot of them do that. <laughs> and in fact, the reason why I think it's such a valuable thing to know and have is um, it's not water soluble. So when you wash, uh, like for instance, I use this like cheap crap um, hair stuff just to kind of keep my hair in place. Uh, that must you be know, nice. Since I'm on, oh, I'll tell you what, man. It's uh, at 44 years old. I'm blessed with a luscious head of hair. Still, I don't know how I ended up with that genetic lottery, but uh, I wish. But I know, right? So the but the thing is, is with the second I like no, normally with the stuff that I use, I could put this pomade in my hair like twice a week, and it would stay, you know, because I don't mm. wash my hair every day. Well, then wow. now with this cheap stuff, I could just be standing in a steamy room, and it melts right out of my hair. So it's like I've been yeah. honestly thinking about making a run of these because it's Dude, it's inexpensive to make. So Let's maybe we should do it. Maybe we should do it, and then and then uh, Ben, you can create like. Um, like a CNC cutout, oh, yeah, little like t- little wooden thing or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, we would probably sell a lot of them. Actually, it, it's, yeah. it's something that we could do. Like you've you know. 
like you and I'll I have supply talked, the grinder so. dust. You, Brian, you make the pomade. Ben, you make the <laughs> yeah. you make the container. I'll save all my should, shavings and. Uh, I think we should happen. take little trimmings from your beard, Brian. Uh, oh, someone else's like, no, beard. No, no, no. Brian, rub Cone someone else's gritty. beard into your own beard. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> take a piece of Brian with you. All okay, day. guys, we we need to get out of this. We're, we'll just call it take you with shit you. Just has to go here. Yo, Neil, what's what's going on in your shop this week? Uh, there's been some pretty fun stuff, actually. I got to go over and visit a uh, another semi-local guy. I call semi-local because he's 40 minutes away. It seems like other all the cool knife makers are around me are 40 minutes away. Um, but I got to go over there and start making a short sword. So that's my first uh, short sword Anybody or sword of any kind. Um. You you might I don't know he's he's been on Forge and Fire twice his name's Kevin Burgess he's a young young guy he's like twenty two something like that twenty two twenty three, um, but he was on the season premiere of season nine with the the Young Guns episode where they had to make a German longsword and he came in second, uh, which I got to hold that sword and see it it was pretty amazing, but yeah he's uh he's. I mean, he's on social media and stuff. Burgess Forge, shout out to him. Um, Burgess underscore Forge. But uh, real cool young guy. I mean, he's, you know, like what I would consider the younger makers, which even Brian House, I consider myself, even though I just turned 41, we're younger makers. We haven't been doing this one thing for years and years and years. But we're of the idea, like I've heard a lot of people say, bringing everybody up together. And he's definitely in that realm of uh, doing that kind of thing. So it's like, hey, you know, come over, hang out, bounce ideas around. Let's make something. And uh, there was a few things I wanted to try, stuff that I knew he might have knowledge in. Um, so, yeah, but that's what I've been up to this past week, pretty much. Cool. Do you I'm have looking any at his so- Instagram. Oh, it looks sorry, awesome. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I'm looking at his Instagram right now. And uh, so Burgess underscore Forge, he has 2,200 followers. And yeah, young guy, twenty three to be on Forge and Fire twice. That's fantastic. Whoa. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. impressive. And it looks like he's doing classes as well. So yeah. he's um he's teaching, which is really cool. Actually yeah. with that, I have a question for you guys because I've now had two separate people ask me if I could either teach classes or have them in the shop. What wow. do I need to do? To not Insurance. get sued. <laughs> Release a liability form. <laughs> liability yeah. form. Yeah, just a liability form. Insurance is a scam. I mean, don't take this as like a anti-insurance because I do have insurance, but I try to have as little as possible. I get this question all the time. What do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, how much insurance do you need and all this? Every single insurance claim I've ever tried to make, whether it be medical or for some sort of damage recovery, has been denied. Yeah. And I am annoyed with it. So here's what I do. I just carry the, you know, general liability umbrella policy, whatever I can get to just cover my ass if my shop were to burn down, whatever it is. Mm. And then yeah. that's it. I mean, and then if anybody comes in here, yeah, like they want to work on something, liability. they got to sign their life away. You know, you sure, cut off a sure. finger. I'm, oh, kicking, I'm opening the door, kicking you out the front door. You know, that's at it. the end You're, of the day. You know, if you look at policies, you know, between the premium and the you know, just general liability. There, there literally is not a whole lot of difference between the there levels. Really you know, so there is not. Well, you're paying a one of them of is like a not much. One of them is a 28 year old that I feel is probably pretty competent because I, I just 
seeing through his feed, you know, he's a fellow maker. He he's more of a woodworker, that type of, you know, construction type. So like he's been around machinery and like obviously I'm still gonna do a waiver, but like obviously he's gonna be more competent. The other one, however, is kind of a younger guy that has just graduated high school and really is looking into knife making as, you know, a serious hobby slash what he would like to do someday. And I, of course, you know, I, I've been in those shoes and I'm, I've, you know, my heartstrings are pulled because like, holy cow, if he can start this early, he's going to be great someday if he sticks with it. So I want to get him in, but like, you know, Just don't overthink <laughs> it, don't yeah. overthink it, you know, no, bring I him agree. in for a quick round and, and see where he's at. You know, that's the one thing about being tactile is a yeah. lot of us guys, we take it for granted. You know, it's like yeah. when I hand somebody something and I go, Hey, do this with it. And they look at me sideways. You got to take, you know, uh, an inventory as to the type of person you're working with. But there's some people like bald man, knife and tool. I can legit just say the mill is over there. I need this. And he'll go, okay. And then like he's off and running and he's done in 10 minutes, you know? So it's, it's just kind of, you got to gauge it, you know? And I look at bald man, knife and tool. Did you see my uh, post this morning featuring him? How'd you get that t-shirt? Yeah, he sent it to you make that? Me and I don't have that T-shirt. No, he what sent it to me. He sent it to Whoa. me with the knife. He sent one for me. He sent one for Emily. I, and he be- sent filled the oh, box full of stickers. I sense a yeah. jealousy meter just going through the roof here. Yeah. <laughs> he was in my shop last night, even. Bald man, him, him and I. Yeah, yeah. bald man, man. He's, he needs you're not to tell him where that lathe is anymore. <laughs> he uh, he's got a really cool concept for a new line of knives and. Uh, he's working through <clears throat> the process of becoming an entrepreneur and seeing what that means, you know, figuring it all out, you know, and he wanted to come by and do some etching and then also, you know, do some business stuff, talk about his projects. And if you look at his, first and foremost, go to his website, Bald Man Knife and Tool, and sign up for his email uh, newsletter. So that's a first step. So you can get on his list so you can see what he's up to. He's creating these thicker clippers. I don't know if you've seen these. Mm-hmm. It's a yep. small knife, very small knife, like two and a half inch blade, classic bevel grind, uh, made out of 8670. He's doing some out of stainless as well. Here's the difference, though. They're a quarter inch thick. Whoa. So it's a, if you can imagine, you've got a quarter inch piece of 8670, high carbon, whatever, and a classic bevel on it. And when you hold this thing in your hand, it's just like heavy. Right, yeah, it's but it's a small EDC. Right, it's a small EDC. Damn. And Brian, you and I have had these conversations about the sub two hundred dollar market. Yes, and how big it is. And yes. he's nailing that with this thicker clipper. Nice. Uh, it's around two hundred bucks with a Kydex sheath. Super clean work. Speaking I mean, of, it's amazing stuff. So go check it out. Speaking of Kydex sheaths, he sent me one with that that uh that knife i won in the raffle and yep. that thing is ultra clicky just just perfect dude we, we're talking about another guy when we have a guest i know, I know. come on let's what are y'all doing you're making your me knives, all man. upset and all, all like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no he's he's a cool guy he's he's a super nice guy so yeah for sure yeah shout out to Baldwin. have man. you cool. neil i'm curious from a business standpoint have you noticed the same thing i know you do a lot of custom work so <clears throat> so if 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 you were, uh, for instance, you're you're you work for the state, so this is the knife making is a side gig, I assume, right? Is that? Uh, yeah, it is a side gig. I mean, it it's 
yeah i mean it's um i'm trying to organically and slowly make it into something versus having like one good year and thinking oh it's gonna be great and <laughs> I, I know better you know i've seen too many failures yeah. that way so yes. um or even just struggles like you, you hit the ground running and all of a sudden you're running through mud so um i'm trying to i've, I've been doing it on the side for about five years now um of course it's one of those things that as it's developed started as a hobby then it's like you start selling some then you start selling more then your skills get better then i made some profile designs of my own and so forth and so on so um from a business standpoint i do eventually want to get it there uh and it's going in that direction pretty quickly um it seems like you know everybody it comes in waves you know you'll get like a bunch of orders and then nothing and a bunch of orders and nothing mm -hmm. but i'm just not in a place right now just to jump into it hardcore uh like that so you know and most of my stuff um i give people prices you know stock removal versus forged most people go with the stock removal price because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know which i you know i i really enjoy forging i really really do but yeah, yeah. I mean, i'd rather do that than anything i mean i can forge a knife to my main kitchen knife profile is the gt chef or the GTX or GTR, they're all kind of the same profile, just different links. Badass and, knife, by the way. Thank you. And that's my most popular culinary set, even though I have like three or four other, well, my steak knives. I have three or four other, uh, you know, patterns for kitchen knives. But <clears throat> those uh, seem to do pretty good. And I can forge that shape almost like, I'd say 95%. I can forge that shape no problem. Um, because I do it so often, like the patterns in my head. Uh, but other stuff would, that I've mostly done stock removal on, it, it's just, it kind of gets stuck with like, that's kind of the way to do it. It'd be really hard. I'd have to forge basically a billet and then stock remove it <laughs> on some of them just because yeah. I haven't forged enough of them. But as a business getting there, uh, it's getting there. You know, I just, I'm not as comfortable jumping into it head on i think if i did i would i mean i could on social media i think i could market myself hard enough to mm -hmm. to get something going but i don't know so did you um being on forged and fire did you notice that changing business at all or did it did you see not, an not one bit not one not bit, one bit. Yeah. even the guy that won the episode of mine that i was on uh yeah he has less followers than I do still. I mean, he, and he's a great so, dude. Um, yeah. yeah, they don't, and they at least, you know, showed his forge and let him say his whole name and everything. Whereas me, it was oh. like Neil from, you know, Texas. From kind of thing. Texas. Yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate, but I guess thinking and just thinking out loud, like, um, I, I don't know anybody that, uh, that, looks up the last winner of survivor <laughs> you know right. or, or or another show uh you know another sort of contest style show but at the same token i feel like it's such a missed opportunity on their part to help yeah uh you know to help improve the community not just well, explore here's it. probably here's get better kind of, contestants too because they're yeah you know that they're people would of you know notability or notoriety, they would want to join yeah. and get on there if it made business sense to them, you know? Yep. So like a Neil Kamamura might get on, you know, you well, just never know. Neil's, Neil yeah. Kamamura has been on. That's, 
Oh, has he? Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Way back, way back when. See, okay, here's the thing. Like, knife nerds, like, I've had knife nerds, what I call knife nerds, which is me, Brian Cohn, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, people yeah. that are really into knives. Like, I'll find them following me, which is great. great. I love it. I love it. You know, you don't you've get a lot of customers the, following you. Yeah, you've got the same, a similar curse as me, Neil, and, and we've talked about it on the show where maybe we've found the... Um, you know, found the maximum audience for the type of content you put out or, or, you know, the, um, where there's only so many folks actually looking to learn how to improve their knife making or their woodworking, you know, and at some level, the, the, the vast majority of people on social media are just looking to be entertained, not taught, (laughs) you know? And and I think I hit that wall a lot where it's like, people don't want to watch a 30 second video about a very detailed part of the process. So it's kind of right. a, a, it's a weird blend. Right. And also using social media <clears throat> to sell things versus just promote something, you know, like a brand. I feel like that's a whole different animal too. And, and some yeah. folks are really good at targeting local markets with social media. I've got a couple folks in Boise that I know that they're phenomenal at it. I like, they, they have 10,000 followers and 8,000 of them are in Boise. And I, it's like, wow, wow, how do you do Holy that? Yeah. yeah. I've been trying that kind of with like, you know, I, I'll tag my location. I'll tag the county or the city I'm in a lot. Or yeah. I'll uh, even hashtag it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But my local economy's not, there's not a whole lot of money flying around here for custom knives. There's some people, yeah. but... I mean, and then there's some people that, you know, they'll spend, and it, it, it's, it makes me, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a trend follower for the most part. Um, and, and people around here, they'll, they'll drop, you know, $1,100 on the same rifle that Billy Joe Bob has to go hunting with the same scope and everything. But I'm like, that's unique. Ooh, you know, why don't you have like a, a nice you know, a, a carving fork and a, a cutting knife to, to cut your meat with that nobody else has when you're sitting around the table with everybody, you know? Yeah. And honestly, so um, one of the things that I've been noticing is that like in Auburn or in Mount Pleasant, there's nobody who, you know, necessarily has the job or has the, the money to, you know, spend on a disposable income. Like we make. So um, basically what I've been doing and it has been very successful when it does actually post on Facebook is local groups. Um, specifically, there's a town right between Mount Pleasant and Auburn where my shop is Midland that has a big factory there. And there's a lot of money in that. Like it is a very, very large company. And um, basically, I there are some local groups there that I I try posting about once a week and, you know, 90, 90% of the time it gets denied. And then 10% of the time I get like 10 orders out of, if it, if a post goes through. And luckily this past weekend, you know, I was talking about last week, how I hadn't had any orders in January. Well, um, I had a post go through this past weekend. So I got a, you know, nice little, you know, section of, you know, five, six, seven orders out of it, right on, which, you know, makes you take a deep breath. But I, I'm yeah. realizing that people really, really enjoy, you know, spending money locally. So if there is any sort yep. of a, you know, high flu, I mean, local is like an hour, you know, radius roughly. So sure. like if there's anywhere where there's a little bit of, you know, a, a you know, wealth concentration, 
you know, maybe it's worth trying to get into a couple of those Facebook groups, you know, even just like the one for Midland is ask Midland. It's literally just like a, you know, gossip page and it gets like a couple hundred posts a day. I mean, it's worth trying to weasel your way into a couple, you know, local places that, you know, you never know. You might get a couple sales out of it. The, the 10 minutes you spend on making a post is totally worth it that way. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's tricky though. And you guys probably have similar, um, similar scenarios to sort of around here. When I'm in Boise, it's much different. Boise's kind of this anomaly, you know, growing incredibly fast. There's lots of money in Boise. There's people with disposable income in Boise. There's a lot of people in Boise that have sold, you know, their their McMansion and moved to Boise and paid <laughs> cash for their house and they've still got a cold million in the bank left, you know. Um, but here in, in the real world, just, <laughs> you know, an example, uh, yesterday my folks and I went over to uh, Wicket and Craig leather tannery which how'd that go it was awesome it was absolutely incredible we were there for several hours just kind of touring around the the factory but so they moved down here in 1990 i think it was 90 or 91 they moved down from canada as a result of the toronto olympics that i believe that year ended up didn't didn't end up happening or, or is that i think i can't remember but they moved down here because Toronto was preparing for the Olympics. It was an opportunity for them to get out of Canada. They say they got, you know, booted out of Canada. There was, you know, when the Olympics come in, they do all this infrastructure improvement. And so out went the leather factory. Um, and so they, they moved down to tiny town. Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania has right around 2,000 people. Uh, population 2,000. But really a, an awesome tour it's a hundred and over 150 year old tannery business obviously it started in canada but now here in the u.s and they employ right around 80 85 people they have basically two shifts and then the third shift is more just you know a couple security guys and that kind of stuff but talking with the folks that work there there are a good number of, of guys and gals that are there that have been there since day one, a hundred percent loyal, you know, and have made their way, worked every job in the factory. Um, but the, what, the point I'm getting to is I, I think the average salary for a laborer there is somewhere between 17 and 20 bucks an hour. You know, they just don't have disposable income for things like knives or fancy cutting boards or the things that we make. So, right. It, it's a weird uh, situation where I think that's probably the vast majority of the country, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and, and selling to the people I've, I've always thought too, you know, I've considered making jigs or fixtures or things to help with woodworking or making, but that's a hard, that's a hard business to sell uh, to the people that make things also, you know, because <laughs> we're resourceful. So sometimes I think yeah. our followership blocks off, yeah. you know, buying too. It's I, like I don't when know I get these super... messages from knife guys who want to sell me knives. And right. I'm like, well, um, yep. I mean, and, and I do buy knives because sure. I want to support people. And But um, my favorite is you friend me on Facebook or on Instagram. You follow my stuff. And then immediately 
you send me a DM, hey, look at all these things I have for sale. There's yeah. no relationship. So um, I don't either, I yeah. usually don't respond or, you know, whatever, because uh, I no call that the play. smash and grab. There's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would much rather buy from the people who are in my circle that I know and that I care about them and their families. And, you know, again, this goes back to the old business is all about relationships conversation and the internet has kind of diluted that a little bit because some people are famous on the internet and they get notoriety for whatever they're doing. So they're, that's an easy sell. They they can make anything and people just purchase it. Yeah. And that, and that's because they worked really hard to get there. There's nothing wrong with that. That is, to me, that's the awesome situation to be in. But then there's a whole bunch of guys like us who are in the middle somewhere. And that means that you have to do like what we all do, which is you know, connect and start talking to people and build those relationships and, you know, learn and share your information, just like in the real world. Because, you know, I think personally, I think the Internet is is um, more my speed. I, I get I'm a more I believe it or not, I'm more of an introvert like I. Uh, having conversations face to face with people is exhausting to me. And so when I'm online with people and I'm talking, I have the ability to turn that off and go do whatever else and recover and then get to it when I need to or whatever. But the reason why that's important for a guy like me is because I'm able to share at my level what I'm comfortable sharing and then put it out there, build these relationships in a, in a safe way for me. And then connect and then so then when somebody says like hey you want to do this who should I talk to it's a really easy recommendation to recommend me Um, so I think that you know the local market is great if if I felt like there was enough to support my economy in the locally I would I would approach it but I just think a wide net especially for somebody making small handmade goods like knives cutting boards and things like that you should be casting an enormously wide net because it is insanely easy now to sell online and ship all over Amen. your country because yeah. I ship every day 90 pound packages. Yeah. So put, yeah. let's put that into yeah. perspective for a second. Yeah. Sometimes five to 10 to 20 a day. Uh, if you don't think you can do ship a, you know, a one pound knife or you don't think you can right. ship out, you know, you're knife. wrong. <clears throat> I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah. And don't, don't uh, limit or, yourself. It's there. Right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I feel Get out there. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe 20 years ago, whenever about the biggest market you could reach is maybe a County, you know? Uh, yeah. Right. It, in terms of geography and, and today, you've got the world at your fingertips, you know, and maybe you decide to shrink it a little bit and stick to the U S or, you know, whatever. But I feel like sometimes we limit ourselves. If I know guys that ship tables across country, you know, full eight seat tables, seven, eight foot long tables. It, it it can be done. Um, Well, yeah. Look at, look at Chris cash with Mount Phillip metalworks. Yeah. Right. By God, he'll ship a freaking, you know, power hammer that's restored, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, Andrew Alexander with blacksmith tools. It's like, yeah, 400 pound anvil. Sure. I'll slap it on a pallet, slide it on the back of a truck. It'll be there in a week, you know? Yep. You'd be amazed at the the cost of freight. Like if you start looking at the cost, I ship a lot with freight now. So it's like, I always thought it was unobtainable. You know, I always thought it was ridiculously expensive. 
it's not that bad. I mean, yeah. you're looking at like a pallet for me, to, depending on where it's going. I mean, if it's if it's this side of the Mississippi, a pallet for me is going to cost me like three hundred and fifty dollars. Which to have yeah. a big semi truck to yeah. come here, pick it up, and then me load it on there with my forklift, and then yeah. to drive it all the way to Pennsylvania or Maine, it's three hundred and fifty dollars. Like, I'm sorry, that's pretty reasonable when yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Pound. Yeah. Wait a yeah. second. What is it that you're sending up to me, Brian? What was that? What I've been doing is I've been collecting all of the, um, the my, you know, my dog, Mac, right? He oh, eats yeah. a lot. Yeah. So oh, yeah. w- when he oh. takes a shit, I, p- I bag it all up and I've been piling <laughs> oh. it into an enormous <laughs> container. So that's the I beard figured, oil. Oh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, don't want to reconstitute that on your chin. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is great. highly sought after uh, mastiff manure, Ooh. which can be used to grow the finest uh, roses mustache. in the world. So just, Ma- exactly. Mastiff yeah. manure for your magical mustache. <laughs> you do it, I, yeah, I love I, you, Brian. I'm just messing with you. I'm just it's all can, how you spend it. Sending you I, all my grinding dust. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Grinder dust. This oh, looks like yeah. looks like a swarf bucket, but it's really not. I oh, I, I could actually, yeah. I'm not going to expand on that with my day job. What we what we do. Oh yeah. right. <laughs> so besides one of the, one um, of the things we do. <laughs> besides knife making and and forging, Neil, what else? What else do you guys get into down there in Texas? Well, this area. Um, the industry is real huge for timber. So when everybody was talking about wood shortages, ah. I actually, I actually go to a two by four and chipping plant every day. Um, well, once a week, um, uh-huh. to pick up samples for work for wastewater samples. And, gotcha. um, yeah, they added another kiln through the shortage. So I don't know where the wood was going, but uh, anyways, yeah. um, it's, it's so timber's conspiracy. real big here, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know. It's, it, if you saw, I could take Why videos is- and send you, you'd be like, Oh my God. It's but, kind of um, like the question of why is government so big, right? It's it's because it can yeah, be. Yeah. Because it can, <laughs> because be, it yeah. can be. <laughs> um, but oil fields big here too, but everybody goes to West Texas from here, which also screws up our local market because all the money is over there and they, they come back here and they'll pay more for their house, but then the local people can't afford the houses because it messes up the economy. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. But yeah, all people do here is honestly like they're turning this whole area into like a retirement town on purpose because I don't know. And there's a lot of fishing to do. We have some amazing lakes to fish in. Um, There are alligators in our lakes, so people do alligator hunt a little bit. Um, Some do it when they're not supposed to, but it all tastes the same. (laughs) Um, Interesting. Alligators in Texas. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess what? you're close to Louisiana there, right? Well, I yeah, thought we yeah. had that alligator market cornered here. No, in all y'all, all, What's going all, on? all y'all got in Florida that we don't have is what y'all call palmetto bugs, which I think we just call cockroaches. <laughs> um, we, and y'all have got that's iguanas. when you see them in a restaurant, Neil. They're palmetto bugs. Oh, okay, <laughs> I heard. Got, <laughs> then you got you got the iguanas that are dying, and then you have. I heard they were falling lizards. out of the fucking trees these iguanas yeah, oh, yeah, is that, dude, is that dude, true it got and then they 60 just degrees and they're done <laughs> they just wake dude. back up when they warm up is that dude <laughs> let me tell you a story so That's in awesome. my front yard i'm walking through my front yard and there is like with its tail a six foot long iguana in my no front way and and so and what had happened was exactly what you described so i live in a like a subtropical climate so the they can survive like 
you know, 10, 11 months out of the year. But then there's a few cold snaps where they they can't survive or they go into like a hibernation mode and they fall out of trees. They like legit just you just hear this big <laughs> thump and it's like a possum falling out of a tree. And then there's this like this dazed and confused iguana just laying there. Now, do not do not be. If you approach one of these things, they have enough energy in them to move that tail of theirs, which is their only defense, and they will whip you right in the face, man. They they're crazy like that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, the iguana in the city I lived in for a while, they had a dedicated staff employee. His job was only to eradicate iguana. That wow. was his job because they're invasive. Yeah. Is there anything you can do with them? Like you can eat them. Okay. All right. Yeah. You can't like tan them and you know get Tastes some like chicken. Iguana leather. You probably you probably could. People just haven't thought about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, would, uh, it would make I'd, a really interesting like. Um, I'd wear an iguana almost like a leather maybe. Do they have scales? Yeah. Heck yeah. Are they scaly like a like scaly. a scaly? That's it. Like I'm, a, mo- I'm moving to Florida and I'm gonna be the iguana guy. Exactly. You're yeah. gonna catch iguanas. Yeah, There's I don't a, know how they get rid of them. I don't. I think a pellet rifle, maybe. <laughs> okay. a leather worker. Pretty little, sure. Your little zip, Idaho. and they fall down and don't move anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sounds like all you need is like a a, a, a freon gun or something to just freeze them. <laughs> right. <laughs> some some of the, just grab some of that computer that computer keyboard stuff and turn the can yeah. upside down. And yeah. Hit, hit, hit yeah. Hit them yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> this Don't place never disappoints. I'm telling you. Every time you turn around, there's something weird going on. Here. What gets That's me insane. is the big, huge snakes, dude. Like I'm not scared Ooh. of not, non-poisonous snakes. I'm I'm good with right, but those yeah. are another level. Like the anacondas. Yep. Yes. I mean, really now? I mean, come on. Like yeah, we have, have anaconda now, and we have. Um, so there was a place. This, if you were to drive, the uh, 41 is the 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 old alligator alley which is highway 41 which goes down through the town i used to live in and then you head immediately east and you end up in homestead which is just outside of miami Mm -hmm. along that street or road is uh, a small like halfway is this small a little place called the uh skunk ape research center which is this guy yeah, so he created this whole thing about skunk ape, which is essentially the South Florida Yeti or or Sasquatch, and um, it's it's fantastic. It's it's really great. So there was a guy named Rick who used to run the petting zoo, quote unquote, and you would go into this back room, and it's just as you imagined. It's like a big metal building, and in the back, it's just snake cages, right? And it's the, uh, I have some photos I should post a few from years ago. Rick is now passed on. Uh, he's died now. But um, they had anacondas in there, and they had um, pythons, like, you know, huge. I mean, we're talking 12-inch diam- 12 diameter pythons in there that were probably 30 feet long. These, no. the, I mean, just insane. You could get in there with them. <clears throat> Speaking <laughs> of can, insurance. It's Florida. You can get in there with them. Go for it. You, I have a photo of my daughter when she was like, nine years old with this massive uh, albino uh, python wrapped around her. We could have squeezed her to death, like, and, you know, whatever. And, you know, Rick is like standing there with his thumb, you know, you know, thumbs up in the air kind of thing. And it was such a classic piece of Florida uh, Americana. You could go <laughs> in there and it, it would cost $3 to get in there. But I often think now that Rick is dead, like, 
Where did all those snakes go? Did they just like release them into the Everglades well, somewhere? I mean, I think that's the problem, right? Is uh, you, I've hear heard, that, I, you hear that a lot? The, the I've heard because snakes. of those, you know, places that you know, that's great, you know, tourist spots and all that, and they got the snakes, yay. But because they were there and hurricanes have come through, and that's why. Now, I'm not, I don't yeah. live there. So, this is just a story oh, yeah. we hear up in Texas. You know, a hurricane comes through Miami. Well, the people aren't going to sit there and be like, well, let me get all my snakes and monitor lizards out of their well, cages and, yeah. and take them home. They just leave them there. And then, like, the building blows halfway out and the snakes are like deuces yep. and they just go off in there. <laughs> That's <Everglades>. true. <laughs> Peace out. I'm out of here. Right. I never thought about that kind of. You always I'm think go, about go eat some these... Nutra, you know, some swamp beavers. Yeah. You always think about these, you know, lunatics that have crazy exotic pets and then just release them. But I think you're you're right, Neil. There's so much of that, like storms and other just thing, you know, reasons that this shit gets out. In PA here, they're having a huge problem with, um, oh, what is it? Chronic wasting disease in the deer. And so mm-hmm. these deer get CWD. It is un godly evil freaking virus or whatever it is but the, it contaminates the soil it contam you know these deer can spread it by contact they can spread it just by walking on the freaking ground that another deer with it walked on right it right. is wow. and it basically these the deer can carry it for like up to two or three years before they show signs or symptoms like it's poised to potentially wipe out the white-tailed deer population in the state now, and, now uh, that that is does that make them act like a zombie is that yes they call, they call it deer? they also okay. call it zombie deer yeah and they yeah they just we, we've they had get that all, a little bit here but not too much yeah it's it's getting it's starting to get really bad it's kind of crazy well and what the they've fear, done here what they yeah. sorry to interrupt i'm sorry um but what they've done here with that is a lot of people i don't know if they if it's a big thing up in pennsylvania with the terrain being a lot different than here but there's a lot of high fence areas here like people have spent uh, stupid amounts of money to build these like 10 foot tall fences yeah. around their 100 acre property where they hunt or they're on the deer lease or whatever uh-huh. and so that keeps deer from traveling back and forth you know oh as that's much. interesting yeah so you can you can also breed uh a super population of deer as well so you'll get yep. these massive 10 points and 12 points and stuff too yeah yeah um, but it keeps the spread of any uh deer born huh. disease <laughs> i guess it started <laughs> um, yeah. um it started on deer farms is what i've what i've oh. read and then you know so when it first came to the state the state didn't shut down deer farming which is to me really fascinating right it started showing up in deer farms and and nobody said all right shut this stuff down if something happened in our beef production you know food chain and you know a salmonella outbreak or whatever you bet your ass it would be shut down so quickly (laughs) but for some reason they didn't they didn't shut down deer farming and now it's spreading like wildfire the fear at least here where i'm at where my where my parents place is there's a pretty sizable elk herd here maybe around a thousand to fifteen hundred elk and tourism has just exploded like just exploded around here so now the fear is that the damn elk are going to transfer or the deer are going to transfer the wasting disease to the elk and you know so it's kind of it'll be interesting to watch 
So, Ben, speaking of animals in Pennsylvania, yeah. isn't today like Groundhog's Day or something? Do it you is. know anything about that? You know, you're, uh, the, you're the local Are you PA in Punxsutawney? Guy. Are you no, in Punxsutawney, I'm, I'm not sitting on Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> <laughs> we have a road here called Gobbler's Knob and Old Gobbler's oh Knob. God. Oh, man. It's like I'll one of my you, favorite movies of all time. When I um, I went to Bill Murray College. Yeah, I went to uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which is in a small town of Indiana, in Pennsylvania for my undergrad. And one night we decided it was February first, and I I had never been to the whole Groundhog Festival, but it is it is insane, or it was insane. They've since oh. banned banned alcohol and. <laughs> but it, well, it was just so somebody violated saw, the groundhog. So why would anyone show up? <laughs> exactly. Well, I was I was on TikTok this morning when I woke up at like four four thirty, and yeah. um, I basically somebody's already live streaming. It was like a gigantic oh, yeah. crowd in front. Like they they go crazy yes. for that down there. Yeah, like all the ma- like huge news outlets were there, and they like when we went. So we went. I was probably like eight o'clock at night or something, you know, the night before. And so we got a wild idea. And so we drove up, it's about an hour drive. I want to say maybe an hour 20 or so. And the way it was, and it's still the the same way, but they, they, the setup is a little bit different, but you get into town in Indiana is, or I'm sorry, Punxsutawney is just a tiny, tiny little town. Um, But you drive up to this field, Gobbler's Knob, and it was probably, I don't know, a 25 acre big hilltop field. And they had a massive stage, you know, like at a, like you'd see at like a big music festival or something. And literally all night long, there were very well known, you know, nationally recognizable bands that played a concert all freaking night long. <laughs> and, and they, I don't think they sold alcohol. In fact, I know they didn't. Everybody brought their own beer. Right, there so <laughs> there was like no limit, you know, and it was so crowded. They had a fence like around the stage that you had to kind of go in and it got to be so freaking crowded that you were, you know, nuts to butts stacked in like freaking, uh, you know, st- stacked in like sardines and we partied all night long. And That's then weird. they actually pulled the groundhog out up on the knob then. Now they do it downtown. So there's, I think it's in the library is where they keep the freaking thing. And he has a little house in the library or whatever. And they, they jank him out of there with their tuxedos on, you know. But by the time 5.30, 6 in the morning came around, you know, everybody was so sloshed. It, I can remember getting back from that to my apartment in college and literally, our clothes had so much mud and piss. My buddy got shat on. This chick, yeah. this chick, <laughs> this chick. What the hell's just, going on up there? She, she had to go, <laughs> and there was like no. You know, it was like you ever watch the New Year's Eve thing uh, in New York City. Like the first question on everybody's mind is like, where the hell is Pete? Where does everybody piss? Well, this girl Ugh. had to drop the deuce. Now we know. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Just squat right no. down right no. there. It was like, oh all my right, lord. All right. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Real so quick, I want to switch gears. 
Ben. <laughs> today, today he's a. I feel like this is all my fault for giving up. crap to Brian. I feel like this is all my fault. Quite literally giving crap to Brian. I, so, seriously, I have, I have, I have turned this yeah. into. A, he's a kinder, gentler something. groundhog these days. <laughs> I have a theory that he's not going to see his shadow. I think we're going to see a nice warm well, spring. I, you know, so I don't even coming know early. what he did, so let me look that up. I'm wearing well, shorts. While you're looking that I'm up, literally wearing I, I've shorts got a, right now. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's warm. It's warm here too. And, and I mean, what's it's crazy, but but days. the funny oh. thing is, is like by this weekend, it's going to be like a winter storm warning, and by yeah. tomorrow night, basically. Speaking of winter yeah. storm warning, I have a gigantic storm coming up my way, and um, I actually, I know my weather guy. I went to college with my uh, meteorologist, and I have a weather update from Ahmed Baji. That's fun. Nice. Nice. If you're playing, if you're playing it, we don't hear it. Yeah, I don't know what, what happened. Ahmed. 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 Are you there? Are you there? I think, I think Brian, Brian muted, muted himself. I'm not really sure. Oh, shit. Did that not go through? Did no, I do that wrong? Didn't, we didn't hear uh, it. I have the uh, mute on my bad guys. Let's Unmute try this yourself. again. Try Ready? Again. Hey, so with the snow moving on through starting very early Wednesday morning and then all the way through the rest of the day Wednesday, the fact that it gets to fall so consistently through the day, that's kind of the concern. It doesn't dump all at once, like what we've gotten mainly for the past couple of times we've seen snow moving on through. We picked up a couple of inches with it, but it hasn't given us that big, big uh, heavy-duty burst like what we're giving a chance at tomorrow. So especially around like the Auburn area, for instance, uh, it's kind of on the line of where you've got a chance at about two to five inches and then actually heavier far down to your south, but even less as you go further to the north. So it's a borderline community, and especially as you go out toward Mount Pleasant, you actually end up seeing a little bit less. But being on that line, the chance is there to be able to make it up to about five inches of snow or so, maybe even six if we can hold that line pretty steady. It's that wet and heavy type of snowfall, which is great for packing snow, but horrible to try and drive in. Uh, Everything gets a chance to end Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Then it's all cold and windy, and it starts blowing around. But uh, it gets a chance to at least start to clear out. But thanks to the fact that it's that really wet and heavy kind of snowfall, it's going to be a little tough to uh, to clear away. So just make sure you get out there, take it easy on the shovel, and work for it. Hey. So with the snow. <laughs> That's cool. He slid yeah, in. So, That's great. So basically... There's a weather, there's a big storm coming up my way, and I could be getting like two inches. I could be getting like six, seven, eight inches. And Don't with my like drive, be, with my drive being an hour away, like I'm, I'm pretty much planning on not being able to work the next couple of days because of the snow. So I put in yeah. two 10 hour days back to back, trying to get ahead on work because I know I'm probably going to lose half of my week. This you brings know, up the conversation. We should start investigating the haunted workshop again, Brian, <laughs> yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. This could no. solve your problem. I yeah. mean, did I you ever thought, get that wall up? Have you? No. Well, that guy, have you that ever guy considered, was just not um, somebody I want to work with. I was thinking about this the other day. As small as your shop is, you could probably buy a trailer and have more room and do it in your driveway. <laughs> eh. <laughs> you think? These you are live all in an options, apartment, though, but... don't you? Being in an apartment, I don't really have, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. It's tough. I, then you got the I don't want to get evicted yeah. over this. And 
And honestly, yeah. you know, with with Emily and I thinking about, you know, possibly moving over the next couple of years, depending on how her job goes and, you know, I can move anywhere. There's no real point of setting up a decent like one of one of my options I've been thinking about is just like buying a small like quarter acre of land or something and putting up a shop. Yeah. But like if we do that, we invest all that money and get that set up. And then all of a sudden we have to move to the other side of the state. It'd be a yeah, better to better to rent or lease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that kind of brings up something I've, I've thought about a lot and I would love to do if I had the capital and money to do it is like the area I'm in where we're an anomaly. I'm an hour and a half from any real populated good spot, but there's a ton of people in this area that do making stuff, leather workers, woodworkers, knife makers, fab guys, all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But in Dallas, which is three hours away and Houston, which is two hours away, just to get to them, much less anywhere in them, there are maker spaces, but there's no maker space where I'm at, you know, and yeah. that's a really yeah. cool concept because uh, they're putting a maker you know, you space have the, in Boise. Yeah, oh, and it's great because if someone lives like in an apartment like Brian, you know, but they they want to make knives, they have oh, the skills, they might have hammers and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Too. He's coming in and out a little bit. Yeah, but, same here. Uh, Neil, uh, make sure you're connected to the uh, to the five G on your phone. I, I think maybe that might be the issue, but uh, yeah. yeah, you got some serious latency going on there, Neil. I oh, like shoot. the concept of a makerspace, though. I, yeah. And, and I we've thought about that here. I just uh, you know the real estate here to just have a shop that big. Yep. Is is it really, seems like really such difficult. a gamble? Oh, there's a a friend of mine in Boise who owns the Woodcraft store is putting in a makerspace in another building. He and I have actually talked. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Talked about, you know, the thought about doing it in the past. And a couple of years ago, you know, we both were like, it just, uh, you know, a place like can Boise you hear me now? where. Yeah, we can hear you. What yeah. the heck? I, literally, my phone <laughs> is sitting there with perfect signal, and it's sitting on the laptop, which the Wi-Fi yeah, bars are full. And it's hmm. like, nope, not now. You're talking. We're going to stop Wind now. Wind blew wrong. We're um, just saying the makerspace but, idea is pretty, pretty interesting. It's 
kind of a yeah i don't know i some folks really like it and some folks really get into the makerspace and other folks you know use it i was saying a buddy of mine's putting one in boise and he's going to sell monthly memberships but he's also going to sell like day passes and then also he's going to sell like if you just want to use my four by eight cnc you can rent it for an hour you know or two hours or whatever so for specific tools, he'll have rental fee, come in, use it, you know, pay small amount. Kind of a neat concept. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know, because like yeah. I say, not everybody has a place for a shop space like I didn't yep. for years. And I'm going, man, I would love to oh. have XYZ. And there you go. I was at least get to... uh, some exposure to those tools as well. Exactly. Because yeah. <clears throat> when you're in the maker space, you know, just the sphere of making things, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of variance between the machines and the things that you're using. And they may not, it may not make sense to you. And then also I like the concept of understanding what is possible, possible. So, you know, if I walk into a space and somebody's using a knee mill in a way that I've never seen it used before, or there's a tool that I've never seen used before. And I just get a chance through osmosis to just kind of proximity watch this person do it. Uh, mm-hmm. That can open up a whole bunch of ideas for future making, future business and all that. Speaking of makerspaces, have you guys ever heard of Kilroy's Workshop in Colorado no. Springs? No. Uh, so Kilroy's is... Um, it's if you can imagine it's a makerspace it's got a focus though heavily on blacksmithing and metalwork and it's in colorado springs and they fly people in to do courses like steve schwarzer's doing um uh like a mosaic uh uh, damascus pattern uh, making class um will stelter's doing uh, a class i don't remember what he's up to but ron um runs revolutions in there so he uh built a bunch of revolutions and has them in there and so uh, he reached out to me and said, would you want to fly up here? We'll pay you to come up and uh, teach a revolution building class. And uh, so I'm going to do that at the end of June with Jesse Harrison, another forged oh. in fire uh, cool. gentleman. So, yeah. So at the end Very of June, cool. if you're in Colorado or up there near there, you can come hang out with me. Uh, I'll, I'll know more about the dates. We're trying to work out the flights and all that. I'll be up there teaching a class. And then what we're going to do is we're going to build a whole bunch of revolutions. So we're going to get a bunch of guys in a room. We're going to build probably, you know, I don't even know how many people sign up, but we'll, we'll find out. We're going to build all those and then we're going to do grinding classes. So Sweet. you, you know, uh, you can nice. sit with me and I'll show you how, um, I, you know, just start my, started my journey with bevel grinding and just standard grinding and the grits and all of that just to get people involved. Uh, Ron, the guy that owns Kilroy's, he said that there was so much interest so he built a bunch of revolutions. In fact, I just shipped him six more. And he nice. said there was so much interest in the machine that he he said it just doesn't make sense to just, you know, just put this aside. He's like, we, we got to have you here so that people can come and build them. He says once they use the machine, they're sold on it. They got to have one. So uh, he's like, we're just missing out Very on business cool. and we're going to do it. So. Yep, Kilroy's Workshop. You can find him on Instagram. Just search, uh, I think it's just Kilroy's, K-I-L-R-O-Y. Kilroy's Workshop, all one word, Ron Hardman. 
is the guy. And you can go to the website, kilroysworkshop.com, and you can see all of the classes that they have available. Steve Schwarzer's class is coming up. Let me just plug this real quick because I love Steve. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's another Florida, Florida guy. They call these master classes, uh, by the way. So let's see. Um, and they do, they host Abana stuff there. Um, yeah, so February 14th through the 18th, you can go take a mosaic canister class with Steve Schwarzer. You can do a Damascus chef knife with Will Stelter the following week, which is uh, the 21st to the 25th. Nice. And then there's just tons of classes on here. Uh, Jason Knight is going to be there the week before me. So he'll be there June 13th through the 17th. And he's doing a tomahawk class. So, nice. uh, yeah. So anyway, that, yeah. So just, just keep that in mind. I think it's a kind of a cool concept too. Even if you're not in Colorado, you, you could go there, you know, as a kind of a trip, take a class over the, over a couple of days and then see Colorado, you know, while you're there. So yeah, kind for of a sure. cool thing. We were speaking talking about, things, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to oh, say, speaking of making you, things, uh, oh, how's the WFI projects going? Talking about maker spaces. I was listening to the woodworking. <laughs> yeah, we got that lag lag going on. Let, lag, let, Neil, yep. let Neil jump I'll in. Let Neil let go, Neil, yeah. Oh, go he's ahead, out Neil. again. He's out. Oh, <laughs> oh man. 614 okay. cell phone Texas cell phone signal slide this in then we'll go to the WFI projects but Cam Anderson from Blacktail Studio who is a big big YouTuber uh, makes epoxy river tables he was on the woodworking talk show last week I think it was he has started an international makerspace database and it is really pretty darn cool you can submit a workshop or a makerspace and Really, he's accepting even if you're a garage avenger and you, you know, wouldn't mind somebody coming in, paying you 50 bucks for an hour of use of your wood shop. You can list your your shop uh, on his database and he's got quite the quite the building list here, but you can go to his uh, website. How do you Black get Hill, it? Yeah. Blacktail yeah, Studio, uh, blacktailstudio.com. And then there's a link at the top. Just says makerspace database, and uh, yeah, it's. I've always found oh, that to be yeah, I see that. a challenge. Is where the hell are all these makerspaces? You know, and sometimes they're not called makerspaces, um, so it's hard to search them. But he's building a pretty pretty thorough database here. So, you know, yeah, he said huge. A lot of folks don't stop and consider renting their shop. You know, or. Maybe somebody just needs to cut a sheet of plywood in half and you've got the right tool or, you know, somebody needs to bend a piece of metal or so. Am I yeah. back now? This piece of your back. <laughs> yep. You're back. Hey, do you want you want to introduce our next session section that you're about to? Yeah, man. I was trying to jump into those WFI projects and see what everybody's been working on here lately. Hell yeah. Well, let's um, go ahead and. You go ahead and check out the first one. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, my, my Texas buddy down here, Aru Bladeworks, had put together a real nice segmented handle, like hunter-style knife. Um, I don't know if y'all can see it, but it looks like it has like a true stone spacer with a black and red handle. And um, he took some nice pictures. One's in front of like a, a bottle of drinky drink. I don't know if it's Hennessy or wine, <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, so I mean, he's been working real hard on getting his profiles down and 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 getting his uh, you know handles fancied up a little bit. So 
he's been doing a lot of real good good work um so yeah actually like that's that's one that i that sticks out to me a lot for sure for sure and Aru is a great guy he's always he's always there commenting jumping on live streams he's just a great guy absolutely so I'm gonna uh, go jason moss that's jason moss he's yes. a um he is a uh a patron of ours yes he is <laughs> yes he is He's a former astronaut and a part-time ninja as well, <laughs> so you know. Dude, so I'm going to go ahead and jump on the next one. So this one is from Providence Woodworks, and, you know, this thing is a gorgeous-looking bowie knife. The blade looks really nice. It's got the Brute de Forge back, and it looks really pretty. The handle also looks super pretty. It's, you know, curved, so it's nice and comfortable. But looking into his description, he said, Houston, we have a problem. I got in a, in a hurry when I glued this knife up with the handle and I put the blade in backwards. Oh, no. How's that? <laughs> Poor dude. That is a heartbreak. I, which I don't one, know. Which one are we How talking put, about? I, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to I find see it. This. The I, Providence Woodworks. Oh, Providence, Providence. Okay, Providence probably like Woodworks. upside down, like if he was doing a frame yeah. handle or something, he could have. Oh, I accidentally see. Flipped I see. The frame yeah, it's, it's a hidden tang, and he put the handle on backwards when he glued it in. Oh goodness! Uh, oh, oh, I, I see, see what you mean. Now. Like the butt in first. He or something? fixed it. If you look into his feet, he fixed it. it looks like he turned it around. So good, yeah. but still, that's still got to be a heartbreak. Oh yeah, he's he's in Florida. Yes, he is a Florida man. Yep, Florida man. The finished blade, by the way, with the sheath, if you go a couple back, like or his most recent post, his leather work is awesome, and the sheath looks amazing. He used a 12-gauge shotgun cap as the snap on the on Oh, the, damn. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Wait a minute. Really, really I had cool. To fix, I had to fix the old man's vice down in the, in the basement workshop here the other day. He's got an old, just a bench vice, and it was... Um, when you tried to open it, the jaws didn't open. So there's a little ring, like a little collar that sits on the, the screw that goes through the middle and it just came loose. So it was a really easy fix, but the top jaw also rotates a bit and, uh, the pin had fallen out. So I didn't have a piece of dowel or a pin big enough. So I did the exact same thing. I uh, had an empty 12 gauge shotgun shell that I cut down and just hammered it right in there. there <laughs> so there use what you got, right? Yeah. Yep. Use what you Make got. it work. I, I'm going to pick JK blades. Our oh. man in Georgia. Yes, sir. The fanger banger, which Dude. I, I, I love it. I love just this knife. It's like, like a mini it. Tonto or something. Yeah. So if you look into his feed, you'll see, um, the Fanger Banger, which I think is just an, a great name for a blade because it's a small, it's like a three finger type deal. Hence yeah. the name. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> was that on their show? Uh, yeah. He was trying to come up with a new name. Were you on that episode, Biko? Uh, yes, we we yeah. were. Yeah, we the finger banger was the one that, that he came up with, and then we were we were talking about B Cone's uh, name, like the uh, yeah three EDC three or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, but I love my this finger piece, hole. EDC way, would go very well with a finger banger. Let me tell <laughs> Get you. yourself a finger banger and an EDC hole from Brian. <laughs> yep. Oh, shit. I don't know why this. this <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I guess the name the Shocker's already been taken, but. 
It has. It has. <laughs> this is true. I mean, oh, I don't know for a knife, finger. though. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it, guys. Come on. <laughs> All right, Ben, you got one? Salmon Creek Knives, or Salmon Creek Custom Knives, he built a lamp or some light fixtures out of black pipe. We might have mentioned this before, but. Yeah, we mentioned it last week, I and he I reached did. out to me, actually, to say thanks uh, about mm-hmm. that because this is like a new venture for him. So definitely go check those out because I really like them a lot. I think yeah. he's got a cool concept. I got I just, I apologize. I just resorted by, based on time, so I don't do double shout-outs. <laughs> we could double shout out. It's all right. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> Have you seen the, uh, the big... The big ashtray that uh, Florida Man Forge put together. Dude, it's kind of that classic. It's mm-hmm. probably weighs like eight pounds, but he's doing these um, where he takes a, uh, and he's using his press, obviously. So he's heating up like a chunk of, uh, it's probably mild steel. Uh, and then and then pressing in with a maybe a one inch or one and a half inch piece of round. So he's making oh. the divots. So you have a spot to uh, lay down your, uh, you know, your cigar in the actual ashtray, which I think is uh, really cool. I've seen these before. I mean, this is not like in a yeah. super original concept. But what I'll say is, is uh, his, the way he's doing it, I've never seen before. So it's like a very different way to approach the project. I really like it. It's cool. I see a lot of woodworkers making ashtrays as well. It's kind of neat. Yo, Neil, you want to pick out another one? Um, I, think I, I can't Neil right now. My uh, my phone's not working right now. Oh, well, he's but, uh, here. But I, but he, that, that um, there yeah. was one a couple over is, from uh, there was I like a Nakiri I saw in there. Somebody was here. making um, uh, yeah. just a couple over from. Uh, we, we did have uh, really, uh, really got to have salad. The, a Rube, there's a Rubeid well, works. And there's a couple let's go ahead and do a couple more. We'll jump over to the waffles. That looked pretty sweet too, but I can't. Oh, I haven't looked at that. By the way, WFI Projects now has twenty four hundred. 2,400 tags, which is huge. Mm -hmm. So WFI, let's look at WFI Waffles. Is it Waffles with an S? It is. Yep. Oh, is it Waffles with an S? Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody actually took a picture of Waffles. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. 419 Forging is is incredible. (laughs) He said his wife just happened to make waffles, and he's Oh, that's Jeremy Balbao, by the way. I wanted to bring up Jeremy real quick. Great guy. Shoot, I... I have I have that thing from Jeremy. Is this, Holy cow! Is this tickling your brain now? Oh yeah, yeah. So pull that up. Yeah. But hold hold on, I have a story to tell about this. Well, go ahead so and tell the you, story because I have to find the. the yeah, chat. go find the the. It's in the Instagram feed yeah. uh, chat. So, uh, so Jeremy Balbao is uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, but I think he said I did. No, it right. I think you're but, wrong, but but what? Okay, well he'll he'll correct me in this video that you're about ready to play. I've got so, it right here. You ready? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I came back. Hey guys, my name is Jeremy Ballaball. I'm from Four One Nine. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Um, pause this. Go, go back one more. Yeah, that's how, even how hard to tell. Ball, 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 ball. I think it's ball a ball. Ball a ball. Yeah. Hey guys, my name is Jeremy Ballaball. I'm from Four Nine Forging. Okay, ball a ball. Um, ball a ball. Say thanks for the shout out. I am a relatively new knife maker from Northwest Ohio. Um, do mostly skinning knives and recently have been getting some kitchen knife orders in. Um, and thanks to Brian, I'm thinking about starting up a YouTube channel, not to give advice, 
since I'm relatively new, but more as to help people learn from my mistakes and show them my process. Thanks again, and have a good podcast. All right, so Jeremy Balabao, right? Balabao. When he sent me, or sent us, this video, have you ever heard the term doppelganger before? Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. So doppelganger, if you haven't, if you don't know what it is, it's like two people who are, they look exactly the same. Jeremy looks exactly the same as my nephew, Jake. Oh, really? Oh, really? And so when he sent the video, I'm watching this going, why is Jake in this feed? Is this a joke? Like, and so (laughs) I realize that it's Jeremy and that they are, and I am not kidding you when I say this. So I sent this video to my sister and I said, don't listen to the audio. And she's like, why is Jake sending you these videos? And and that's how much they look the same. They are identical twins. All right, and Brian. Now you've got to so, you got to post a side by side picture somewhere. Just I'll have so we can to. See I'll it. have to get it. He, he. So Jake, I haven't seen him in a couple of years because of the pandemic. He lives in in Wisconsin. But here's the even more funny part. So Jeremy takes this video in front of like some deer. Um. Uh. T- uh what do you call it? Taxidermy deer heads. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. My my nephew Jake is a huge deer hunter and has <laughs> all of these same things. In his house, he's got all the heads and you know, all these meet. bucks. And, dude, it is eerie how similar that. Now, they don't sound the same. You know, right. Jake has a deep voice like me, and Jeremy's voice is a little different. But it yeah. is uncanny, this this resemblance. That so, And hilarious. I even sent the video to Jake, and he was like, he was like, what? And I said, dude, you have a doppelganger. Here he is right here. So, That's wow. incredible. End of, end of story. That's but good. we appreciate you, Jeremy Balaba. Balaba? Yeah. I think it's just like ball, a ball. I'm just going to call him Jeremy. Yeah, let's let's just do 4194 Jake or Jeremy or whatever it is. 419. Where is he located? Do we know where he is? Yeah, he's actually just three hours south of me. Ohio. Oh, he's he's in Ohio. Just barely in Ohio. So he took pictures of waffles for WFI Waffles, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And then also our man in um, the UK, Mr. Uh, uh, Mark Vanderwerf, he's doing 118 Blades on on uh, Instagram. He is doing 50 spots available, seven do- seven pounds 50 per entry. He'll ship it anywhere in the world. I want to win this knife, so nobody else buy into it. I want to <laughs> win. I'm buying in. Don't buy in. I'm kidding. Everybody's supporting. Great uh, but, um, sheath work too. He, oh, I want this knife. Does the I sheath. want it. I've been playing around with um, making a sheath for my JK Blades knife that I won. And I've yeah. got. Oh, um, right on. Yeah. Doing some leather nice. stamping. I don't, I don't do a lot of leather stamping. I, you know, I just never really got into the whole tooling and stamping thing, but I, I'm convinced or I'm determined, I should say, to get some experience stamping and tooling. And I think it's pretty cool. So, it's so fun. Hey, I go ahead. Hey Brian, so don't we have another one? Because I, I I've been reached out by yeah. uh, Ryan Chadborn. Uh, yeah, he's, he didn't he's got tag a waffle going on. I thought yeah, he, he didn't tag it yet. I I don't know. Let me look. I thought I know Ben's he reached out to too. me too. Did so he maybe, ta- maybe it's WFI waffle. Maybe we've got this one. Well, no, because I no, think Ben's bites. I was talking to Ben earlier this week, and he said that um, his his raffle ended literally the day before we we launched. So like, oh, right on. okay, I got gotcha. you. So, and I uh, suppose so we screwed yeah. that up. 
Yeah. Anyway, for folks that don't know what the hell we're talking about, last episode. <laughs> um, last episode. Yeah, we can hear you, Neil. Okay. Last I, I, episode, my, my we created off the Ben and Ben and Brian. Oh, wait! I hear no, you. We, we got you. Ben. We can hear you. I can't hear him okay. at all. This technology yeah. is. You should just, just be able to plug it in and it works. I don't keep, know. Yeah. I'll keep trucking here for a second. Uh, we created WFI pro or WFI waffles. W A F F L E S waffles. WFI waffles as a way for folks if you're doing a raffle, trying to sell a blade, a knife, a cutting board, or whatever the hell you make, and you want to raffle it off, i.e., sell tickets or sell spots. Um, and then pick a winner. You can tag WFI Waffles and uh, hopefully maybe help get a little exposure. We don't have massive pull, but uh, might be a way to bring all these raffles together and uh, people can go look for them there. So you got Yeah, for sure. And um, I actually just ordered a bunch of stickers for a raffle that I'm going to start probably sometime next week. Um, nice. Basically, nice. I, I ordered 50 stickers, and <laughs> they happen to be doing a uh, special on holographic stickers, so they're going to be oh, like yeah. one Sticker and only mule. shiny, <laughs> yep. one and only shiny B-Cone knife sticker, so that'll be my entry. There'll be 50 spots. I think I'm going to do them at about $15 a piece. Perfect. And, uh, That's a we'll, great we'll good that. point. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, so, Neil, I think you have another window open. You have you have two sessions here. Um, <laughs> try to close one of the cast windows because I'm getting a double audio. Got it. Now. Well, that uh, uploaded. Got it. It. Well, I guess you didn't talk. Okay. So yeah, it, just, it should be um, better now. Close. Yeah, yeah, I had one. I, I, I still one see the second now, uh, so session, but it should be working well right here. Um, there we go. There we go. Now you're out. Okay. Bueno. Good. Can you still hear us? H one. Yeah, I can hear everything fine. I can hear everything fine. I'm sorry. It's this is the work for thing. it podcast, guys. A uh, little bit of technical difficulties. We're trying to get through it. I'm sorry, a, guys. We're working I'm for it work, today, work for it just to <laughs> yeah. yeah, working for it just to be on here. Dad gum. I might have to yeah, try yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we we definitely need a need a strong connection. We've we, we've realized that when we try to do live streams, it's yeah. like unless you have a really crazy? really strong one, you, you it's, yeah. it's it's tough. We even tested this, you know, or the other night we tested and had no problems with the test, but that's just technology, man. It just yeah, it's show business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Away. Getting back real quick. I, before we d- just get derailed here again, uh, Ryan Chadborn knife works. I don't know if I see his raffle. He, he doesn't have a waffle going on. So I know he huh. talked about it. Yep. Um, and perhaps Coming soon. Coming soon. Keep your eye open for Ryan Chadmore Knifeworks to do a waffle. And well, we uh, want to specifically shout that one out because I know he's looking at actually getting some more, you know, tools for his knife shop, so he can. Well, he's got a down. Knives. He's got a down machine. So he yeah. what what he we're trying to do for Ryan. Be, it, Ryan is the co-host, another co-host on the Hustle and Grind podcast with J.K. Blaze with Jason Hartwell and uh, Pickle Cutters, which is Nick Tobin. 
uh, Ryan lost his VFD. He had a VFD and it failed. He's got orders that he needs to fill. Okay. And then, so, you know, of course, last week I released a video on wiring up wiring, a VFD yeah. and a motor and all that. And, and, um, and so he got, he's like, I really need to get my stuff back up and running. So, um, he said, I want to do a, a waffle, a raffle for this to try to get that going and consulted with me on it because he's conflicted, right? Because he needs to replace a piece of equipment. He needs to basically build capital. And I told him, look at it just like anybody else on Kickstarter. Like every, all these people are putting, I support people on Kickstarter, on Patreon and all these places because I appreciate their work. And so uh, don't feel bad. In fact, that's like the best reason to have a waffle, right? Because you're trying to get back up and run. Yeah, you're trying to get back up and running, man. It's not like you're just trying to put money in your pocket. You actually want to get back up and running. You're You're not 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 just a low life. You're not just a low life like me trying to pay bills. You know, you're actually trying to replace shit. Brian's out there trying to he when he when Brian Cohn has a waffle, he's actually getting money to buy waffles, which I feel hey. like really <laughs> strange. Yeah. yeah. That Speaking pure of maple jokes, syrup. That pure maple syrup costs a lot of money, man. You know, <laughs> got to use the good shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my dad joke real quick because we're All running ready. out of time. All right. So. Yep. What I find funny, I, this is the other day I was actually uh, doing a little domesticated work in my house, and I was um, I had this deep thought. I I had a I have a vacuum. I needed it to empty it and get it all cleaned up, and I realized at that very moment that I became myself a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Remember, wow. the nine thirty show is completely different than the six thirty show. <laughs> it's also sold out <laughs> sold out all you right know, so know, getting jumping back, back to on the, 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 the oh go ahead go ahead neil i'm gonna say jumping back on the the whole you know waffle raffle thing i mean i did my first one and you know i know some people were questioning well you're doing all these spots which a lot of spots is a lot of logistics i didn't realize that but but mm. it was my whole thing like you know first off like you said it's 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 there you know, to give people an opportunity to get something that they typically couldn't get. But the other part of it is, you know, you're helping support other people. Like I don't, I didn't really have any of that money left when I was done because I was buying burners from, you know, Beck's armory. I was getting my new anvil that I haven't, I've been using a railroad track for four and a half years. You know, um, I, I literally dumped that money back into small makers, the display stand, for that raffle the leather sheath for that raffle were all local makers so all i did yeah. was use that to boost the local small maker business economy yep you know and there get some is. stuff i needed for my shop you know it's not like i was sitting there going i'm gonna go get a big screen you know right and it was yeah. a badass and knife like i mean i'll too, say it was a badass knife not- it was a badass knife yep it was a badass knife what are you talking You're talking about, about just- the harley quinn knife right yeah yeah, yeah. And I think whatever, you know, whatever the reason at some level too, that what I really like about the waffles is just that whole um, community supported business, you know, and I think it works. It, yeah, like you were saying, um, uh, oh, what is it called that you just mentioned, Brian, the um, Kickstarter, Kickstarter? Kickstarter, you know, they're a a perfect example of that is if people, if 
20 people pay a smaller amount, you're still going to make money and you're going to build bigger community. You're going to potentially build a bigger customer base in the end because eventually maybe one or two of those people that were willing to throw 20 bucks into a waffle or 10 bucks into a waffle, when they have disposable income, they're probably the people that are going to buy it, buy a knife, you know, for full price or could be. And, and regardless, I just think it's a great, a great opportunity that uh, we're seeing emerge in, and it's really cool to see it starting in the knife making business. You know, it's not, I don't see it in any other industry right now. Yeah. At least not. And on I also love it. I also love it when um, other people who are doing waffles support your waffle because then we're just yeah. passing the same 20 bucks. I know. <laughs> I always think about that. Like how many times does the same 20 make the rounds, you know? Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, I try to, all I right. Speaking of support, we real- can, you know, yeah, yep. sure, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, there's a lot of people in my sphere that are doing raffles and Kickstarters and, um, there, yep. I try to share and, you know, even if I'm not buying in, I try to like push, you know, socially share on, yeah. onto them, at least share it. Cause that actually is a version of support when it is. You, hear, you hear me say it on, on my YouTube channel is like, whenever you just hit that thumbs up button, and leave a comment that is support because it helps yep. the algorithm, you know, push things out. And In it's some ways important. that can be better than any support. You know, we say it with the show too. Patreon's great. All that stuff is great. But realistically, probably the best thing that you can do is make a personal recommendation to a friend. Hey, listen to this show. It's pretty good. You know, or, speaking of so that, I've got two uh, recommendations for this week. One, I'm going to just shout them out again. The the Working Hands podcast, if you're not listening to that, they're a supporter of our show through Patreon. And not yep. just them themselves, but also like Keith Drennan. He's he he's buying into the Revolution Project. I just, I'm shipping his today. Um, and <clears throat> the, the the cool thing, I some they're doing something that I really like. And I got sucked into the the project um called uh, it's a hashtag that they're running called make what you fear and what it is is you get to uh build something or you sh- the rules are sort of that you should uh make something with a technique or material that you're not really familiar with so hence the term make what you fear so it's like something that you shy away from and um so i'm i'm actually in the process of designing and building a forge and i as many of you know i'm not a huge fan of fire which is the reason why i have mostly metal in my workshop you know so I, it's I not a pizza workshop. oven it, <laughs> it's oh, not a pizza oven i was all excited uh, it can know, be it can be don't fool yourself you could probably cook a pizza in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. really fast so, but what i'm i want to i want to build a forge for myself and and i've had a lot of people offer to just send me a forge and i appreciate that um but as you know like there's it's just, to to me. It's it's not just the actual device. Like I want to actually experience the build, you know, and do yeah, that process. For sure. So, and I want to learn while I'm doing it. You know, that's the other thing is that yep. um, I would love it. You know, to have these nice forges that people make and and sent, would send me for no cost. And that's so, so such an amazing thing. I just I've always wanted to learn the you know, how that works and, and understand, you know, how to, um, properly design something like this. So I'm going to be doing that for the make what you fear a challenge. And I'm going to challenge all three of you who are on here to do something as well. And, and hashtag it. You have a lot of time. I think you have 
a little more than two months now yeah. to finish this thing. So if you go and listen to the Working Hands podcast, you can find them on any major podcast platform. Go in and listen to what they're talking about because every single week they discuss this because they too are doing the Make What You Fear Challenge. And yeah. then all these other people are buying into it and they're doing it as well. And what it's designed to do, and this is the reason why I like it so much, is that it's designed to get you out of your comfort zone so that you can grow as a craftsman. Mm. Yeah, like that's that. actually like where that. the that, that's, that's where the good. short sword kind of came from because I heard you talking about it, and I've had this piece of metal sitting on my shelf, staring at it, and the metal actually has some uh, United States historical history as well, and I was like, I want to turn that into something awesome, and I've literally had this metal for a year. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a short sword and I'm going to try a That's Lin Ray, awesome. a Lin Ray style finger guard, which I kind of pulled off for my first attempt. Lin Ray said, good job on my post. That was pretty awesome for him to even say that because I know it's awesome. garbage That's in comparison awesome. to his, but I appreciate it regardless. And yeah, so I mean, and it was supposed to be a Falcata, but it came out more like an Elven short sword because I like Lord of the Rings and I think it was subconscious. Um, but yeah, and it's a piece of Pennsylvania Steel Company steel, like from Ooh, Pennsylvania oh, cool. Steel Company that shut down in the sixties. Um, That's awesome, right? That's so really cool. <laughs> it's a yeah. vintage, a vintage piece of metal from America, and it's amazing cool. stuff. Amazing stuff. Um, so I've actually made a few knives out of it, and it's it's amazing metal. But uh, yeah. And I think it's kind of like you know an what it is? I think it's an O1 oh, yeah. or a W2. Okay. It's somewhere in that okay. O. It's a tool steel for sure. And it, but it works. It works and heat treats like 80 CRV2. Mm. Interesting. There's got to be so, so it, much steel floating around in this state, you know, like spending well, time yeah. in Pittsburgh. It, it's uh, it's amazing. Like Pittsburgh's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a funny thing um, how I there, there's a little bit of local history with blade making in Lufkin, Texas, believe it or not. Um, which I kind of fell into the circle of these guys. Uh, there is a guy named T.L. Hearn um, that was big in the 80s with bird and trouts and stuff. And his son, Gary Hearn, is someone I know now pretty well. Um, he waited like two years of me making blades to make sure I was going to stick with it before he brought me in the circle. But um, nice. he, okay, so... There's, if you go way back before those two, there's a guy named John Cooper that was in California and a gentleman named Cliff Linderman that bought out Cooper. If you look up Cooper, I think it's Cooper Knives or, yeah, I think just Cooper Knives or Cooper Knife Works or something like that on, on Google. They make these old kind of buoys and stuff. Well, John Cooper made knives for the, like, the Rat Pack guys, like Sammy Davis Jr. and all those guys. Um, and he also made knives for Hollywood a lot. John Cooper trained a guy named Jody Sampson to make knives and blades. Most people don't know that name, but you know the swords he's made. Because if you've ever watched Conan the Barbarian or read Sonya, oh. Jody Sampson made those swords. Interesting. Well, right. So now, out of nowhere, Cliff Linderman and John Cooper end up in Lufkin, Texas. John Cooper passes away, but Cliff kept on with his knives and owns the Cooper Cooper knives now is owned by Cliff Linderman. And I was working in a pawn shop 
I've had a, quite a few different kinds of jobs, but I was working in a pawn shop a few years ago, which I grew up around pawn shops and stuff. But anyways, and in walks this old man and one of my coworkers like, hey, that guy makes knives, points at me and Cliff walks over. We start talking. He starts bringing me metal. I didn't know this metal. Well, a lot of it was wow. W2 and 01 that's from cool. Pennsylvania Steel Company. And he's got stacks of it that's like 50-year-old metal and 70-year-old metal just sitting there because they're not using it anymore. And I didn't even know that until I met Gary Hearn, which Gary and his father, TL, also started running around and making knives with John and Cliff back in the 80s. So Gary, when he was knee-high to a grasshopper, was in a knife shop running around John Cooper and Cliff Linderman and all these guys. And he's just another local guy that does pipeline electrical work and all that kind of stuff. And, but he also kind of makes knives. He has, he's not as big in it. Like, you know, he used to be, but I went over there to visit his shop because he invited me over and he's like, Hey, here's this metal, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he gave me that cool. and some like vintage burlap micarta. Like I'm talking like this burlap micarta is so old that the very ends of it are starting to deteriorate. And that's pretty that cool. That is amazing. That <laughs> and is so, very like cool. I said, it's it's really cool that I've kind of fallen into this, and I didn't even know they were here. Like they are so underground, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just really it's, neat that they're right here in the middle of nowhere, freaking East Texas. There yeah. they are, you know. But they don't that's let crazy. anybody. Like the... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to they, they, they don't just like, they, they don't let just somebody come up that's made like, look, I made this out of a piece of, you know, you know, railroad spike. Check out. Yeah. <laughs> that's neat. There's so much of that that, uh, you know, you, it, it's easy when you're on social media, it's easy to assume that that's the making world, you know? And I think sometimes folks forget some of the best damn makers in the world could care less about social media or podcasts or, you know, it's like, uh, I, in, at least in the woodworking sphere, a lot of times I'll see guys mistakenly, uh, assume that because somebody doesn't have a whole lot of followers, they, they're not a great maker, or, you know, <laughs> it's like, boy, that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, some of the, some of yeah, the most skilled sure. artisans and craftsmen I've ever met are like reclusive, <laughs> you know, they want nothing to do with being in a spotlight or yeah. Pretty well, cool. Well, I just got a message from Neil that his his computer just died, so I think we've completely lost him for the rest oh. of the episode. Oh my god! So, Brian, right. do you want to run down our our supporters? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, okay, so let's get into patron. We have get this forty patrons now. Jeez. Forty. All right. Holy this is gonna be Absolutely great. I'm gonna read them all awesome. off. All right. It's unbelievable. Forty people have decided to support us financially, making the work for a podcast, which is like an awesome. Uh, validation as to what we are doing. So we appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, let's go down the list. Mark Vanderworth, which is 118 Blades, our OG, OG supporter on Patreon. Uh, much love to you, Mark. Um, we appreciate you, buddy. Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge, Devin and Dustin O'Hara of the Art of Craftsmanship, Noah Bloomberg, Entiot River Forge, 
Michael Nye, Jamie Blow, Jamie the Squid, Eric over at Overall Maker Works, uh, Bob Ryan, uh, Brigham Kindell, our our man and another man in Texas. Appreciate you, Brigham. Scott Wilkerson, man, our man in Florida. Keith Drennan of the Working Hands podcast in New Jersey. Bob over in the UK. Uh, he is at shed underscore 72 on Instagram. Go check out Bob's work. Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. Jason Moss of ARU. We, we shouted him out earlier. He's also in Texas. Mark LeBlanc, our man, north of Canada. Uh, Ken Kemna, Crafty Man Forge. I appreciate you, man. I really do. Crafty Man, we appreciate you. James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Pocket Knives. Cardoso Knives. Uh, our man, Sean Michael Owen over at Moxie Engineering. Go check out what he's up to with his Knife Vice project. That's a really cool project. Make sure you go check him out. KnifeMaterial.at. We appreciate you. Moonshine Leatherworks, our master prankster, Brian Absher. The Working Hands podcast. You Make sure you go check that out. Ryan Coakley, which is Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks, who we shouted out earlier uh, for the waffle. Our general manager and executive director of Wooden Spoon Carving, Carol Ann Jeanette Racine as Kawa Jeanette, C-A-W-O-J-O-A-N-N-E-T-T of uh, Alberta, Canada. We appreciate you, uh, Carol Ann. Uh, Oxford Blade Company, Maritime Knife Supply, our man, Mr. Lawrence Lake up in Canada. Make sure you take, I just did some business with him. Make sure you take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate. You can get some really great deals at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Richard Beck over at Beck's Armory. Richard, we appreciate you so much, man. The man with a side hustle. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff. Go check out Richard at Richard's, or go uh, Beck'sArmory.com. Uh, Jared <laughs> Jared Weaver, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Leon Shanks of Two Birds Blade Works, we appreciate you. And Mr. Famous Man, Mr. Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks. I don't know if you saw the latest edition of Blade Magazine, but on the second to last page, there is a full spread of Dennis Terrell. I'm going to have to send mine out to him to have him sign it. Full spread of Dennis Terrell, is that how you want to say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yes. <laughs> yes. That was perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thomas Moberg of TMO Knives. We appreciate you, Thomas. Thank you so much. Donnie Dulovich, another Floradin. We appreciate you, man. Bruce G. Carlson. Thank you so much, Bruce. Maximus Knives, Mr. Neil, uh, the man with the plan. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today, Neil. Sorry that we had so many technical issues uh, going on there, but uh, you're an amazing supporter of our show. Thank you so much. Brad Troxclair from Troxclair Lab. Brad Troxclair. Echo Blades, which is Jared. He's uh, the buddy. He's that guy that hangs out with Dennis Terrell over on the West Coast in California of Echo Blades. Jared we appreciate you so much. Nate Walpole of Walrus Steel. Oh, one of my favorite Canadians on the planet. Uh, Zach Byrne of Burn Blade. These are two. Okay, so after Nate, I think Nate, we shot, you shouted Nate out last week because he's he was our uh, latest one and Jared as well too. So these two are new. Zach Byrne of Burn Blades. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And... Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell. I don't know if you know Full Steam Designs, yeah. but if you don't, you got to go check out his work. He's building this really cool shell, a wooden shell for a really cool car right now. 
insane work. Like his stuff is off the charts and he needs more yep. followers. He needs more eyes on his work because what he is doing is awesome and ridiculous. So go check out Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell. And I believe he has a YouTube channel as well, Full Steam Designs. Yeah. He's got YouTube and Instagram. So that's all what 40. A list, man. What? Can you list? believe it? It's going to get to the point where I don't know how we're going to read be able to read everybody. We might have to do off, new to new ones each week or something. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Exactly. I, yeah. Man. Awesome. Exactamundo. But listen, all right. So I'm going to I'm going to jump off. I'm going to get back to work. I got to beat the postal service. They're now very dedicated to my plot it. of shipping gear every day. Uh, <laughs> and so they they show up right around noon almost every day. So I got to get some stuff going out to them. I appreciate every single one of you who has tuned in to the Work For It podcast. Something you may not know is that you can now leave us a review on Spotify. So yeah. if you look on Spotify, you can go in there and give us a little five-star review. That would be super helpful. We need your support in that regard. And if not, you're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review there as well. I hope you have a good working week. Hard work and good luck. My name is Brian House. I'm Brian Cohn. And I'm Ben Butler. Have a great week, guys. Appreciate you. Work for it, baby. For it, baby. Goodbye, goodbye, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.